trying to be great And I'm on my way Welcome to the Ill Luminary Podcast, where we talk life and lessons learned from leaders and luminaries across different industries and discuss what it looks like for them to use their gifts, talents, creativity, passions, platform, resources, and energy to be a source of light in a dark world and a willing participant in the redemptive story unfolding across the earth despite being broken and in process themselves. This is a podcast for those who know they're not disqualified from being impactful just because they're imperfect. Hopefully what you hear today will encourage you along your journey and challenge you to embrace your opportunity to engage the world in a positive way and be a bright spot in the lives of those around you. On today's episode of the Illuminary Podcast, we are sitting down with David Bazilia, owner and operator of Sidetrack Coffee in Opelika, Alabama. We discuss things like creativity, hospitality, and competition in the marketplace. I really enjoyed this conversation with him, and I think you will as well. And hopefully you'll get some things that help you grow as it did me. He's a young man, I think only 25 years old. I'm sitting at 38, and I learned many a lesson just from this brief conversation. So sit down, listen, and let me know what you think later on. Peace. What's up? It's Whitley Dykes here. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bro, I bro. I don't even care. I, don't even care. Okay. I need right. that light. I, I need. Good? Oh yeah, yeah. Am I okay. Recording still? We're ready to go. Are you deleting all of it? No, I need this okay. content. Here we go. <laughs> I need the content. All right, three, two, one, go. Yo, what's up, guys? Today I'm sitting out with David Bazilia of Sidetrack Coffee, located in Opelika, Alabama. He is owner and operator of this fine establishment for what five years now. Almost six coming Almost up. Almost six years. So I want uh, I want you guys to know uh, David's story and really what his day to day looks like. Um, this is called the Ill Luminary Podcast because we're talking to luminaries and people of influence who literally are a bright spot in in the community around them and in people's day. And I want you to hear how he's he's being intentional to to make that happen. Um, hopefully, what you hear today, you're going to learn something uh, that 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 benefits you. But I know I'm positioning myself. And my ears are wide open to actually learn from David Bazilia today. So, um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being on here. Greetings. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's a lot of words. So, so just so we can get people, the audience, caught up with who you are, could you yeah. tell us kind of a, a quick rundown on your story? You can talk as much as you want to, but a quick rundown on your story and what your past looked like leading up to right now. Uh-huh. What are you doing? Who are you? What are you running? What's going okay. on? Okay. I love I, I love the um I love the question tell me about yourself because all these fun little memories start fl- flooding in my head like who I was hanging out with in middle school and what am I doing now and how did I get get here and I think about the clothes I was wearing in high school and things like that and what kind of clothes did you wear in high school actually it, it kind of changed if you could see what he's looking like in front of me right now I feel like he's like he should be like Beatles but <laughs> not, not Beatles no uh God I don't know like Beatles like late seventies were they still a band then. Uh, the Beatles yeah. in the seventies. Yeah, they're still um, being now, aren't they? <laughs> the late sixties, you know what I mean. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Beatles were kind of like at the top of their game. Okay, like See? you know, sixty nine, seventy, seventy one, seventy two. You know, um, I don't. I, I I think that's because of I have a mustache, so I have to know that those facts. Um, you look good, by the way. Like I just, <laughs> I'm really excited about this that I can't stop talking. I'm so nervous <laughs> to talk to you. So. Um, 
that no that's a compliment i'm taking it and it's nourish it's watering me um but (laughs) 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 please uh please keep that in the podcast if you can um you know what i mean metaphorical um so but seriously it's thinking about like my um you want to be? Like, oh, can I catch you up on who I am? Because I want to show people. I want someone to walk by me in the hallway of middle school. I want someone to be in the backyard with me and with my brothers when I was in homeschooled, like uh, you know, growing up when I was like in third grade. You know, oh, um, please, please. What? No, I mean, I really do. I think that's the best way to like. Uh, I wish I could do that, but I can't. So, how do you tell that story about who someone is? And so, uh, kind of my story comes from I was homeschooled until like seventh grade, and what made me? Um, I played like wrecked football like sports was like my whole I wanted to play quarterback for like the University of Miami when I was like sixth grade and I was so I played rec football and I was terrible I was so bad I wasn't super good but I watched football a lot I would watch it at my dad's restaurant right around the corner from here on Saturdays when did your dad open that restaurant by the way and how old are you right now 25 now 25 um good lord you're only 25 right that's super yes he's a ball if you guys don't know David that he is already He's a legend already at 25 years old. You're 25. 25. He's a legend in the area at 25 years old. And I'm not saying that just so the listeners are like, wait, let me look at his Instagram or something. No, like seriously, you guys. Anyway, uh, you'll, you'll learn you'll learn more as we go. But um, I'm surprised that you're 25 because I feel like your name, ever since I moved back from China, your name has been around. Um, and uh, as a person of influence, well before I got established in, in our business or anything like that. So this is... It's really neat that you're making such a difference and doing making such big moves at such an, an early age. So when you were in seventh grade, the reason I say that is because when you were in seventh grade, I, or I don't know how old that was, but I used to work for your dad at Chick-fil-A when he was working on campus, and I was a really bad employee, but I knew your dad back probably around that exa- exact same time. So I didn't even – this is cool. This is all kind of coming back full circle. I've been a bad employee for my dad as well. <laughs> so we share we're, – we're very – we share a common um, – the common story. Okay. So when did that open? When did Brazilians open? Um, I, decide I think too much? 2000. <laughs> I know. Gosh. Okay. Um, ouch. <laughs> I think, I think 2001. Okay. Maybe. I always, I can never, I can never remember. Okay. okay. I need to find out these facts. I think it's 2001. Okay. So it's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Even now, I guess. Yeah. I guess yeah. my dad sold it in 2010. Okay. And um, I guess it's passed through. I've, I've only been there once since he sold it. Wow. wow. But I grew up, I grew up there. In a, in, a, in a way because I was born in 96 and uh, going there I would go help out with like doing catering orders I'd sneak in the back storage room and eat cookie dough and watch I'd always I would go there and after school I'd go there on Saturdays and um, I'd watch football I'd just sit in the booth and just watch football all day Miami. and Miami I saw Miami there and back then their 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 colors were like these dark green mm-hmm. like really really dark and it looked black and I asked my dad I said what color are their pants you know and um, I mean, he's like, those are green. And I was like, okay, I really like these guys. I can tell you, like, the quarterback was Ken Dorsey. Wow. Running back was, like, Willis McGahee or Frank Gore. Like, yes. I mean, we're like Andre Johnson. Like, I remember, like, all the players, mm-hmm. you know. And they played Ohio State in the national championship that year, and I cried when they lost. Wow. Um, I, had a, I, had, I grew up an Auburn fan, and there was one moment that I cried as well. Like, I don't care as much now, but I think I was also like in seventh grade. Maybe you're just in your feelings when you're like that young. And I remember Auburn lost to somebody, and I just kind of lost it when I was like in middle school or something. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I it, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, 
that's such an important part. I feel like it's so silly to say that, but it's such an important. I love saying that story and remembering that because mm-hmm. it sounds so silly talking about the Miami. I have no ties to Miami whatsoever, <laughs> right? But I cried when they lost, yeah. and um, <laughs> me and my dad stayed up late watching it on. I think it was like a Monday, and um, my dad watched it with me. But now, I mean, I don't. I haven't seen a football game in several years. Really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've seen my I've seen my nephew play. Um, uh, several games. He's on the middle school team at Oplaka. Be honest, like, is his skill level where yours was at, or this, it, is, on the, this um, is on the spot moment? He's going to go back years from now and listen to this and hear what you really thought about his football at in middle school. So, um, I've, I've, he's, n- he's never been on the field, so I haven't been able to see. Um, good. That means he's got a lot of, lot of. Uh, he's played. He's played better than me so far, and okay. he has not seen the field. I was always on the field, and I was always doing something so dumb, like I tackled with my head, like in the in the grass like it was bad i was so bad but i remember i paid so much attention to like what i was wearing mm-hmm. my nickname and I, I actually wrote notes on this the other day this sounds so strange but it's very true and it's actually my they my nickname was looking good they <laughs> called me looking good i didn't i realized this the other day i finally went oh my gosh the reason my coach called me looking good was because I cared so much about what my pads looked like, my helmet looked like, my gloves looked like, my cleats looked like, rather than actually trying to play the sport football mm-hmm. and like doing the drills and like actually working on my form tackling or whatever you do when you're six in sixth grade, like yeah. playing. And I started thinking about, oh my gosh, I care so much right now. I care so much about what the way I look mm-hmm. doing things than what I'm what I am doing the technical yeah. part of things I love that story because I cared so much about football but I was so horribly bad at it yeah especially things in my life I care so much about things in my life I care so much about these things in my life like um is this still you're talking about today today you know you've today always been like I'm like I was, I was in there writing in my notes and going, going my coach used to call me looking good and today like this is a few weeks ago today I finally realize what he meant it wasn't like, that's my nickname, that's funny, you look good. No, you look good, and that's all you care about. Oh, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was in sixth grade, so there's no way I could have known that. <laughs> but he, he had fun with it, probably. That's so representative of what the human condition is, I think, like on so yeah. many levels, is that that's mm. we're, it's not even are we concerned with the excellence of what we're doing or whatever. It's yeah. like, how, how, how do I look? How do people perceive me to the point where – like if we get caught up in that and we continue down that path, we'll never know who we really are mm. because we're always trying to wear a yeah. mask or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. always look good. Yeah, and that was and then that was a and that was I mean, even talking about what I wore in high school and stuff like that, what I'm um and just stuff like that. You think back to who who I was, what was my growing up like? I, I, I really did. I cared so much about what I looked like growing up. I cared so much I love sports. Yeah. Was I was so competitive. My dad and my dad will tell you this. Um, I've been so blessed by my my dad. He is so competitive. Mm. I mean, he is just gobsmackingly competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just embarrassing to watch my dad play sports. Yeah, because um, he's so competitive. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, so my dad has. <laughs> is he the dad in the stands? Like, if, oh you, my gosh! You, what did you? What did you? What did you play that he get, got to cheer you on? Actually, um, you know, <laughs> basketball, um, tennis. Uh, tennis, he didn't understand so uh, that much. So he wouldn't like lose his mind in the stands. But yeah. like. My dad was gonna. His head was gonna blow off his off his neck watching me play football. Yeah, you know, and he wants to lose it because the refs are calling. You know, just because you tackled yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just like he's just losing. He's just like that's a bad call. And 
but I, I saw my dad and I got these exact same genes. I'm just so competitive. Yeah. I'm crazy competitive. I can turn things in, into competitions without even noticing. And so that's kind of how I grew up. And so watching my dad, I got to be like, oh my gosh, I don't like that. There's something a little bit off about that. That's unnatural yeah. or maybe too natural. Yeah. Um, and so um, me and my dad got, got to work on that together growing up. I loved, loved sports and everything, every sport I did, I just wanted to be the best at it on the court, you know. It's so interesting because now me and my dad are like the least competitive, but it's not like we don't try. It's like, what's the now like fast forwarding to like, oh my gosh, I was a total freak when it came to sports Mm -hmm. and it came to competitions, board games and things like that. And even business, you know, when you start a business, you see your other, other buddies, like you see other buddies like doing shops and like, oh dude, what are they doing? Like, yeah. um, So even with business. Yeah. Yeah. It it starts bleeding. It starts bleeding. It starts the my genes and the way I was arranged, it's whatever we do yeah. like what are, it's <coughs> those instincts that we have when we're children into being competitive in sports bro if we don't if we don't nip those things at the bud yeah. uh, at the bud they'll just grow into these huge massive trees in the rest of our you know in the, in the rest of our lives do whatever we do balance though do you think there's like a uh, competition I mean that's kind of capitalism uh you know what I mean like you, you own a business or whatever so being a competitive business and and you know, uh, another battle shop opened up down the road. Um, it's gonna f- I'm excited about it because it pushes me to make sure that our product is excellent like that. So so competition in some ways is actually healthy. But what about now, right? You said you're the least competitive now. Like, you're, you, don't, you don't really care. But even in business, like, is there a balance between, like, being competitive in a healthy way? Or do you think it's all kind of like, nah, this is one of those things that we really need to put to death in ourselves. Yeah. Otherwise, because it, it stems from pride or something. Mm-hmm. On the spot, I mean. Yeah, I know. I mean, um, the first thing I can kind of think of is um, pretending like I'm I'm the only person on the planet. Henry Matisse says, um, Matisse, he's like the famous artist. He says, be simple, be good technically. And if there's anything in you, it will come out. Mm. And I always think, I, I, I like thinking about that because sometimes I try to be different from somebody mm-hmm. or I try to be like someone else. Uh, whatever whatever works for me at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and that's competitive. I'm like, all right, they're doing this, so I have to do something s- different. They're doing this, I have to do that like them because they're doing that. That's competitive, even being similar, not being unique at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I don't, I seriously want to be as a little, uh, uh, I don't want to be competitive at all, ever. And, you know, we went through this kind of this branding, this rebrand thing. Um, or talking about it. So I love this story. It's my favorite story, I think. Um, we get, do I'm excited it, that you're excited. This little, we were talking about brand, rebranding and like marketing. You're talking all that stuff, you know, business stuff. Business things. Business stuff. And so um, at the end of this meeting, we came out with um, as little brand as possible. Yeah. Is, is our, it was our brand. Because yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm not really into the, I, I'm not really a business guy. I'm terrible at it. Yeah. And I don't even like it. It doesn't even interest me. Yeah. The biz, the the business of of kind of how people do it nowadays. Of kind of how it works, you know, and how it works good. You know, when people are like, "Dude, you're good at you know whatever it is," I'm like, I'm like, great. I'm like, dude, I just I've seen so many successful businesses in my life. Oh my gosh, so many of my buddies are doing successful businesses. I mean, everyone. It's like everyone can do it for some reason, and it, there must be some sort of. And not to take away talent or any sort of hard work, because oh my gosh, you gotta work hard to have a successful business, and especially one that's sustainable and long-lasting. But it just sounds like everyone there—you can do it if you work hard at it. Right. You know what I mean? 
And so when we talk, when I'm thinking about this, what really makes me, what really makes me tick? What feels right about this? Being good at business. Mm. And so um, the competitiveness, the as little brand as possible, yeah. or the branding or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was thinking to myself when I think about com- competition. Again, it's not. It's like being like someone else, or 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 being different from them. Being different from someone doesn't make you um, doesn't make you unique. I feel I found that out so many times, mm-hmm. um, and I keep on having to get reminded of that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how can I be more myself? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and honestly, that's been the most freeing sensations. Truly, um, being totally in love with uh, how I was made and what interests me, what ticks me, um, and it's made me different <laughs> from other others. And the competitiveness doesn't even there doesn't even need to be any competitiveness. There, there doesn't, you know, <laughs> I know it's, it doesn't, it doesn't need to exist because people, um, um, like, dude, I want what he has. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, you know, for freedom, Christ has set us free yeah. that we should, should not submit to the yoke of slavery. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, I'm mean, think about this. I'm like, my perspective of it is I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm missing the, po- I'm doing this, this, um, I, oh, the, the book, you are special. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have you all read you are special by Max Licata? I have not, but, but. You have so Sarah sitting at my producer. Is that your official title, by the way? She's my producer. Have you, Olivia, Sarah. have you have you read Olivia? Is, is, is this breaking well. of the podcast? Me no, going off? No, this is great. Yeah, civilians. <laughs> um, so um, I think if someone was like, "Hey," besides like, if someone told me, "Hey, go," you have you can stand on the top, the highest mountain, and you can yell whatever you want, and everyone will hear this besides maybe besides like Jesus Christ is our savior, <laughs> you know, I want to yell that all the time. Um, you know, but if I could, if I could yell one thing, I think, I think I don't, I'm debating this. I think I would, I would yell to everyone. If I had one sentence to say, I would say the older you get, the more children's books you have to read. And um, <laughs> I really, I know I seriously. Yeah. And so, um, um, you're a special Mexican. We're talking about competitiveness, right? And the book, you're a special, my f- one of my favorite books, along with The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. Yeah. I love that one. I, can't, I've, I, I have never read that book and not cried. Right. My, uncle, uh, my uncle showed me that book. So it's about these wooden people. Mm-hmm. And um, in this town, there's one town in the, in the world of these wooden people. And uh, in this town, everyone has these boxes of gold stars mm-hmm. and these boxes of black dots. And what people do all day is they give each other stars and they give each other dots. Mm-hmm. If you're really talented and you're smart and you have a successful business and you're funny and you and you look pretty, then people give you a gold star. And if you're not successful or your your wood is chipping or you're not funny or you're clumsy, then you get a black dot. Mm-hmm. And people all day long they just give each other stars and dots, stars and dots, stars and dots. <laughs> and so there's one um there's one of these wooden people his name is Punchinello and he only has dots. Yeah. And um he has I mean he has so many dots people just give him dots because he has dots. Um can I get any stars for having so many dots? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> No, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, I know that's yeah, a great yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. He meets this um he meets this girl, this other wooden person, Lucia, and she doesn't have any stars or any dots on her. And he goes why don't you have any stars or any dots? And she goes, they don't stick. Like people put them on me. They don't stick. He starts asking her questions. You know, they have a podcast together and she starts, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and, uh, Your boy's dotted and he's talking to a he's dotted, starless, yeah. dotless guy. Yeah. Right now, actually, yeah. And um, she goes, Hey, I go see um, the guy who made us mm-hmm. like the wood carver. 
I see him every day, and um, this they don't stick. They just don't stick. And he goes, okay. And he started thinking. Punchinello, the main character, he starts thinking about it. He's like thinking about how the stars and the dots work. He probably thinks about how competitive it is. He probably thinks about how he feels about all of it. Not just the dots, mm-hmm. but the stars too. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to see this woodcarver. He goes to the shop and he's just scared out of his mind. He's like, dude, this guy's like, who, he, this guy doesn't want to see me. Like, I have so many dots on me. Like, I'm going to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't even want to walk outside. And so um, Eli, the woodcarver, he yells his name, Punchinello. And he starts talking to him and he starts telling him what he thinks about him, yeah. why he made him, and because he made all the people. <laughs> and then uh, he goes, if you believe what I, if you believe what I'm saying about you, what I think about you, yeah. then those dots won't stick, nor will the stars. Mm. And so he walks out, and he's uh, Max Licato writes, and he started believing what the the creator said about him. Yeah. And then this one dot fell off. I think it's special that only one dot, not all of them, fell off all, all at once. Because yeah. I think it's a lot of digging, a lot of uprooting that we're going to have to do to drop these dots off. But when I think about the competitive nature mm-hmm. of, of, of how we live our lives, how we run our businesses, how we exhaust our talents, think about the stuff we wear, the way we look. Not only do we put stars and dots on other people, we mm-hmm. put stars and dots on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, cr- doing this balance game of am I worthy enough? I'm good today or I'm bad today and then we give other dots to make ourselves feel better. We just do we do we we we're, we're really good at this game doing it unconsciously too. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I do it every single day. Yeah. I did it all day today. Yeah. And um when I think about this competitive nature, when I think about this stress and this anxiety is that we do do it to ourselves. Yeah. And I do do it to myself, really. Each day I don't want to give someone I don't even want to give someone a star. I don't even want to give myself a star cuz it really would be a lie. I'm like, it doesn't matter what you do, what you say. And so especially with my business, when he talks about the business, I know yeah. you, you probably have some other more specific questions. But when I think about my business, I don't think about stars and dots. Yeah. I don't think about what I'm doing good or what I'm doing bad, which structurally right. um, I want to improve. I want to be good at what I do technically, right. like right. Matisse says. I want to be good. Yeah. And I think if, if I'm simple and I'm myself always, I think something good will come out because that's, yeah. that's the way God made us. Yeah. He made us specially, truly. I mean, everything interests me. Really, everything does. It's on. It's obviously. It's honestly a pain to me sometimes because I'm just like, man, I just want to do everything right yeah, now. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Um. Truly, I mean, that's that's the way I feel about the competitiveness of business. Yeah. I don't think there needs to be. Uh, I think that's what pains us, stresses us. Um. Yeah. I think it should be the complete opposite. We should just be ourselves, mm-hmm. and that will take care of the competitiveness. That's so good. That's so good. And what? Who is it? Um. Maybe it's an author that says, you know what the world needs essentially is I think I just think this is a gross you know summarization but what the world needs is essentially people who are themselves do you know what I mean I Mm -hmm. mean one thing I've learned kind of in in my faith journey is I remember very specifically God saying like you know what son your crown won't fit right when you've got a mask on you know what I mean yeah and and if you make end up making this about you then people aren't going to see you're not making it about me essentially right and and I'm not you're not the answer to those people's you know needs or prayers like I am and so like I, I don't I don't know this that's that is so so powerful and so profound I think that um I think if people that's a that's a huge revelation for people I think people listening to this is gonna, are going to be like wow like I just need to be myself I'm um, thinking about today's world everybody talks about living their truth but at the same time, like when they talk about living their truth, it's I feel like it's not a genuine reflection of who they are. It's about portraying something to the world outside. 
Yeah. And when they're portraying something to the world outside, they actually may get disconnected from being that true self. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know if the answer is. I feel like the answer is going to that creator, to go into the person who made you, going to the yeah. person who made you, or whatever. But, but I find that very, um, very strange that the more that they're trying to be their truest self, they're actually getting more and more disconnected from maybe who they were actually created yeah. to be in the first yeah. place. And so, um, I. Uh, I think people, when they look at our, our business, um, the irritable bowel, um, people, we don't think too much about business. We have to think about supply chain. We have to think about logistics. We have to think about time and efficiency. We have to think about um, the common thing where we need to make sure that people feel like, you know, we greet them. All these, you have to think about what makes a business run well. But at the end of the day, I think what makes us successful and that most people will say when they, when they see us is, you know, I think, well, before I say it, anything else I remember at the university they were talking about our class and they were saying none of this makes business sense so people were telling me like this is they're saying that your business should not be successful your businesses should not actually be doing what it is based on how that you're running things um, but what we tried to do the entire time was just stay true to the convictions that were placed inside of us and value the things that we felt that God actually valued and that's what where we've seen the most success is us being true to who we are, mm -hmm. us being ourselves, not trying to do business the way that everybody else thought that we should do business. And we're not trying to employ any marketing schemes. We're not trying to do the ad traditional advertising. I'm not yeah. paying athletes to come in here and like say that they enjoy my bow. I'd much rather pay normal Joe and Nancy over here because they come in on a daily basis. Yeah, I remember so I was talking about that. Who they are, right? So, but I think that's what actually where we have actually found our success is just being more true to ourselves because we genuinely what has been placed inside of us is a genuine care and concern for the person in front of us, and we want them yes to have an excellent experience and ex experience the excellence of our food. But I want them to know to be seen, valued. I want to know their name. I want to love them well and make sure that they leave here not just full of food, but full of full of joy or full of affirmation or something mm -hmm. like that right and so there's so much that does actually spill over into business when yeah. you're the, the posture of your heart is actually to do that and so that's that's really pro that's really profound to me i think i had something else i was going to say but i don't know what i was going to say so so do you think that um and sorry to go on such a such a rabbit trail with with our business but that's kind of true I can't help but talk about that because uh, I can't remember. Well, what do you? Do, I mean, you, what, I mean, what do you well, do every day? Yeah, uh, that is, that's, it. that's <laughs> yeah, what yeah. we do every day. Yeah, and uh, yeah. like one of the big questions, and I don't remember who I was sharing it, is I was speaking in a management and hospitality class on campus recently, and when the transition was coming, because we started as a food truck, then we went to a little restaurant, and we were only open three days a week, a few hours at a time, but we're still working eighty hours a week, right? Mm. And then when we moved over here, it was seven to two, and then we did Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, seven to two. When we moved here, it, we changed it to nine to two. But I remember very specifically, people were coming at me and saying, Whitley, like, people have expectations. Like, you need to open more. You need to be open at least five or six days a week, and you need to make sure you're open for lunch and dinner. You can't just do this whole four-day-a-week, four or five hours at a time kind of thing. And I remember just really struggling with that and being like, man, I, are they right? Do I, do I need to approach this from a worldly wisdom standpoint and, like, what the books would tell me to do if I was in class right now? I remember sitting at church, just praying it through, and I felt God speak very clearly to my soul. He said, do not succumb to the pressure to do business the way that other people do business. Mm -hmm. Simply value what I value, and you will prosper. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't just talk about the prosperity of 
finances. Yeah. He's talking about the prosperity of soul, the prosperity in your marriage, the prosperity with, with your relationships, the prosperity of the impact that you're going to make. Yeah. The um, So you're going to flourish, right? And so in that moment, we said we're going to continue to just do yeah. 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., four days a week, and let's see what comes of it. You mentioned even like you consult sometimes for people. Mm. And uh, that sometimes you, you said maybe the majority of what you say is not – it's not going to meet their expectations for a business or it might not be implemented because you don't talk business. What do you, what yeah. do you talk about? I know. Um, so I feel like, it's, it's I, know, I, know. I like when you were saying, I feel like I already know how you're going to answer this because like, I, I feel like how I would want you because what we just talked about right now was competitiveness, but you made it an identity issue. Yeah. Right. And, and no, it is. And, and, <laughs> and I mean, it's like, it's, you know, when we talk, when we, I will be on the phone for hours, you know, and I'll just, I'll, maybe I'll talk their heads off or maybe ask them questions. Just constantly ask them questions. Yeah. And they want to talk, they want to ask, talk about the logistics of business and get <laughs> answers from me. How do you, how do you do things? How does it work? You know, yeah. what do you expect? Blah, 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 all these things. I, I don't want to be rude. Yeah. I seriously don't. I, I love answering those questions for them. Um, but if I was a total jerk, I'd be like, go to Google, you know, <laughs> go to Google, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's or, a great tool. And it's, it is a great tool. My wife tool. will get mad at me if I say I don't know how to do something. She was like, Whitley, YouTube and Google exist. Yeah, and, and, figure it and, out. And, uh, She's right. She's always right. But, you know, <laughs> uh, but I love answering these questions. Like, yeah. well, this is how we do it and this is how I see it, you know. And I'm, dude, I don't know diddly squat. I mean, I, I, re- I really don't. <laughs> and I won't. I'll, I'm going to die. If I die at seven years old, I still won't know diddly squat. Yeah, yeah. But I, I will know that I'm, um, as my um, uncle um, says a lot, and I, um, he's one of my biggest inspirations for behind everything I do. He says, I am a full menu of human imperfe- imperfection, but I'm highly aware of it. Mm. And that's what makes me free. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about that in this light. And I, have these, I consult for these people that are starting businesses yeah. or other cafes. And um, I just get to, I try to uncode them in a way. I go, you can do the business stuff. You can work your butt off and you can you can know what you want, what you want your business to look like, wherever you got your inspiration from. And I try to ask them those those questions and they tell me what they're thinking. And um, but I just try to talk to themselves. Like, well, this sounds like you're inspired by this or this sounds like what what, what needs do you want to fill? Yeah. You know, and, you know, we just got back from this team meeting um, from the shop and we talked about what about gathering. So I just read this book from uh, Priya Park. Priya Parker called the art of gathering mm-hmm. and because recently I've just been getting so tired of just getting together with people all the time having a lot of people come into the cafe all the time like what are these people doing here what are we what are we all doing here? and what mm-hmm. but more importantly what are we capable of doing yeah. when we're all together this um, is so good I don't I'm gonna I'm just gonna insert myself really quickly don't lose your thought um, this is what gets me excited actually just talking to you about the day-to-day because I don't feel like I have to know how to have a good team meeting, and and I'm I've heard about how you have them, and I'm I'm excited about what you're gonna talk about right here. So and I'm excited about the books you're talking about. So yeah. please continue. So yeah, what what can what are we capable of doing? So, yeah. so I mean, and and you know the team meetings, those are meditative times for our team. Mm-hmm. Um, if we think about our our cafe, our business, um, as a body, as a team, as one organism. Like we're gonna have to have times to where we sit down and we breathe and we focus and we 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 recenter. We yeah. gather again. Uh, Romans fourteen talking about each member has their own purpose. Yeah. But they're connected, um, and they all, and they're all different members, you know. But they're all they're they're all connected and just as important. 
our team is just that we we do that to to recenter so we gather we gather for team meetings yeah. you know yeah. what i mean and so what are we doing yes um and it's meditative and uh, for us to to recenter but i mean you do just that you have people that come here every single day and if you were to ask me hey what should i change about my business i'd be like well you shouldn't change anything because you're gathering for a reason every time someone comes in here they support something they do something right and it just i'm like yes okay we're good i can move on i don't have to think about uh the irritable bowel and how you run your business and if you and if if you're doing if you're gathering people for the right reasons mm-hmm. like i don't have to be like dude are you are are you <laughs> are you doing are you doing this for the right reasons because yeah. i talked to all these people and they want to open a business yeah. they want to open a business and you know what the first thing that pisses me off about people that want to open a business yes, they want to open a business <laughs> you know what they need to do you know what people need to do mm. they need to open their homes yeah. you don't need to open a burger joint yeah, you don't need to yeah. you don't need to open a coffee shop yeah the first thing I want to tell people, no, you don't need to open a coffee shop. Do you invite people over to your house for yeah. coffee? Yeah. You need to be a better neighbor. And it, oh, it, it's, so it just drives me nuts. Uh, no, seriously, I'm getting pissed just thinking about it oh, right that's now. that's so good, though. But <laughs> people need to hear that. And I need I need to hear that. And I, need, I need to be reminded of that as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, I mean, that's so that's so good because we have this thing. I mean, we, we've always been people who kind of open our house to people and everything like that. But one of the core values is being approachable and being connected mm-hmm. To the people, you know, yeah. as much as possible yeah. because relationship matters. Connectedness yeah. matters. You don't know what this person's going through. Be that be that person, you know, be be the person that is intentional about loving people well and opening your home. Because that really, I think that really means a lot to a lot. Anyway, sorry, but we have this thing called no, yeah. Open House Tuesday where on Tuesdays when my, my wife came over here with the team to kind of prep for the for the day, I had my daughter at home and we would open up the house and we would have coffee, we'd have scones, we'd have whatever. And we would just let customers come over to the house and just gather with us and spend time with us. And when COVID happened, it really derailed so much of that to the point where now we're looking at it and we're like, man, I feel like we haven't done that in such a long time mm-hmm. that, that I, I miss it. And so mm-hmm. this, uh, this Sunday we're I would rather do it at my house, honestly, because we, I think the first Thanksgiving we opened as a business, we had like international students come over who didn't have anywhere to go, and we made food, and it was awesome, but like, COVID happened after that, but now we're, we're like, we're doing it at the store, they were having Dumpsgiving here, Dumps like a truck, <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing Dumpsgiving, and we're just wanting people to, to come bring food, and like, we'll have a potluck, or whatever, yeah. and just connect, but I'm almost mad that it's not at my house. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not as much space. There's there's yeah. space here for people to sit and eat, yeah. and and they're not going to judge your bathroom if it's not clean or whatever. But <laughs> but I'm almost mad because you know, and it's just you talking to you right now is such a reminder of of the call to hospitality, and that's that's yeah. it. So yeah, yeah. So you're saying that you're saying that people who want to open a business for the sake of connecting to people or the sake of gathering. Or are you just saying opening a business in general? This general, okay. it's like I need to, I need uncoding someone. It's like, all right, what's what makes you tick? What are you interested in? Yeah. And when I keep on hearing this, it's cool. This is what, you know, think about all the buzzwords when you think about someone opening uh, a business, right? Yeah. Um, um, and not just the hospitality uh, industry, just any sort of, right? What kind of needs are they meeting? Why are they doing that? Giving job? Well, I want to give jobs, or I want to start a business because this will work for me, you know? And I'm like. Um, uh, I, I just have to start uncoding, asking them kind of the general questions. Why, why are you doing this? Who are you? Yeah. But you know, before that, why are you doing this? You know, kind of doing an interview just like this. What, mm-hmm. why are, uh, where'd you come from? You know, where'd you go? Where'd you come from? God, I joke. Um, but where, do, like, who are you? Tell me about yourself. You know, that's pretty funny, right? <laughs> um, um, yeah. but tell me about yourself. Yeah. And, um, when I can, when I can, 
kind of hear them say like there's something that doesn't feel right about this world that I would love to change and heal maybe that I can offer them like hey can we take this perspective together Um, because that's what I'm terrible at that and I'm not like hey I'm doing it right you need to do it like me Mm -hmm. Um, that's my I don't want to consult that way I'm like hey I'm struggling with this but I'm choosing to struggle with this do you want I would love to invite you with these questions with this consulting I'm doing for you and telling you how to do everything business wise I want you to do that right because opening a business and for the sake of opening a business and then you insert what uh, all the stars you know that line up insert all the stars of a business right mm-hmm. like what all looks good like the sustainability thing mm-hmm. and then the we donate to fill in the blank mm-hmm. and then all that right star 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 cha-ching good business I did it yeah boom I have no I I, I, I have no idea I, I I don't say hey dude that's wrong for putting all the stars because I, I can't judge. I mean, I'm the same. I'm the same way, maybe in a, in a lot of in a lot of uh, instances. But I get so uh, bent up and and turned around when I think of like, man, what if everyone was just a really really good neighbor? I really wish I could just go back to day one. We wouldn't have to have all these businesses. Yeah. We wouldn't have to have all these government, places. You government had, programs. Yeah, like yeah, you sorry. would have to go all the all these. You wouldn't have to go to all these places. You wouldn't have to go to town to do something. Oh, I see what you're saying. I just went the wrong direction. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, thinking, you know. Yeah. But like, but, like, but I know that we're in the here, like yeah. uh, here now. It's like business and businesses do such good now and such a grand yeah. scheme of things. Because that's how the world is. We, I mean, we have literally perverted the world and how it works. The redemptive part of it is um, I always think about like the most evil that humanity has ever been, mm-hmm. the most hu- evil that we will ever be. There's no uh, more evil I think we can be than killing God himself. Mm-hmm. But the, the most evil we've ever been was the reason that we're alive, the reason we're saved, yeah. mm-hmm. um, what has saved us. And it's this, it's this beautiful paradox of like the most evil we are is the reason that we're saved, is the most like like yeah, right, it's just right. so it's just, it's oh my gosh i'm like i want to like ah it blows my mind yeah. it blows my mind that that's what works and that's what we're offered every single day right yeah. we're offered yeah. that it was like dude yeah. you can't get worse yeah <laughs> you can't get worse right 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 and the redemptive process of uh, the the redemptive thing of that of all of everything that we have of these businesses of these choices that we can make every single day mm-hmm. it's like man i can do this differently yeah Maybe it's not opening a business. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not having a business. Maybe it's just opening up your home. Maybe it's just being a better neighbor. It, it drives me absolutely nuts because people are just trying to find what works out for them. And I do that every single day. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I, I fail on that every single day. But I re- when I consult with these people and I hear this competitiveness happening, coming from their, coming from their brain, from their mouth, yeah. from their thoughts, it would look really good if their business succeeded, wouldn't it? It really would. I'm like, it would look really good if your if your business succeeded, but it would look even better at the applause of the heavens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. By the way, that what's happening in here by loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. and some people do it so many different ways, and it's talented so many different ways. Um, and I really hope these people that I talk to, I really hope that they maybe if they did have a business, it's in that light. Yeah. But really, I think some people would be a lot better off, you know, not starting a business but living a life. I guess I don't know where, I honestly don't even know where the origin of that came from, but that's kind of my thoughts on the whole thing about business. God, I was asking you about uh, uh, when you were talking about being a consultant for people and you were talking to these businesses, and that's yeah. where all this came from. Yeah, so. and hopefully that inspires them back. Oh my gosh, 
this is who I am and this is what I want to do. And hopefully it's come and hopefully it's in, in, uh, or ho- hopefully it's just, this is who I am. And this is what I want to do yeah. and yeah. insert whatever it is in the future, whatever it is, if yeah. it's a business or not. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell him, I was like, I, in my, in my, in my head, I'm playing this. I said, I really don't care if this person opens a business or doesn't open a business after I get done talking with them, mm-hmm. whatever they do, if they see, if they drop these stars and they drop these dots from from the second I've, I'm just there reminding them. I'm not telling them anything new and anything they, they don't know. Yeah. Hopefully I'm just a reminder for them. Cause I'm, I mean this whole podcast, I've said nothing new. Mm-hmm. I'm only reminding people of hopefully in, in, in myself, yeah. what we already know to, to be true. So, but do you know, do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like, yeah. I, I think about this stuff. I play it over and over and, and over in my head all day long because I have to re race. I'm like, why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. And it's such, that puts you so far ahead of the, so many people because a lot of times nobody really takes that time to just reflect and 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 uh, not navel gaze but at least take an appropriate amount of time to look at themselves and say what are my motives here what the heck am I doing with my life you know because we like like you said uncode decode what is it uncode you said uncode uncode people right because we have all been coded in some some sort of some sort of way right and and Mm -hmm. What is is that not what the redemptive sanctification process ultimately is? Is is getting back to square one and not not square one as in like like pre fall essentially or or uh, I don't want to say this. It's um, your mind catching up with what reality really is because you've been you've been seeing things a certain way your entire life and you've been digesting things that are uh, that are leading you down a path that is further from the truth for your entire life and mm-hmm. yeah just we've all been yeah. we've all been coded i don't i want to throw in like a matrix you know <laughs> yeah, reference yeah, yeah. or yeah. some kind of reference like that but but that's that's so good mm-hmm. i mean it's just i feel like part of the sanctifying sanctifying process of god in our lives actually is just hey remember this <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like the simple just the reminders of like this is this is who i made you to be yeah. this is who you are this is yeah this is why you're alive Mm. Yeah, I don't. and I mean it, it. I guess I guess, and it's not because I think uh, we're talking from a um, a vein of a vein of like we live in a place to where we can open a business if we want to or not, yeah. but thinking like grandly over the whole, like over over just time in general. First, we talk about we talk about opening a business, and making these decisions. These are big decisions for our lives. We have one life to live. Um, and we have to make these decisions big. It's kind of, uh, let's do like, these are really like uh, starting blocks. We're like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. Or who am I? Why I'm here? You have all those questions. And hopefully people ask those, those questions often and answer them honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I can know how I answer them mm-hmm. and I can't know how anyone else answers them. You know what I mean? Truly mm-hmm. only they will know. But I think about it on a whole entire like worldly standpoint. I love thinking about this, but it also like it brings me great sorrow to think of it too, yeah. about how other people are living. I know Paul in Romans uh, 8, he says, For the sufferings of this world are not worth comparing to the glory that has yet been re- revealed to us. Recently, I found it so interesting. It's been kind of my verse that's brought up, brought up and brought up and brought up through my life when I'm asking those general questions and trying to answer them. And, and there's this suffering about it. Paul compares, compares when he's talking about competitiveness, business, ourselves, and others, and our thoughts. He compares his suffering not to other people's suffering. I'm suffering way less, mm-hmm. or I'm 
uh, they're suffering uh, a lot less than us. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, but he compares it. He compares it to the glo- to glory that has yet been revealed yeah, to us. Yeah. And so um, to circle back and bring this all uh, all into play is that like these sufferings that we go through when we're talking about uh, living uh, living our lives um, and making these decisions as far as business is that I think we've totally got our percept our perception uh, of things totally skewed. Mm. And so I think we compare because when I talk about business, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm are you kidding me? All this, all this, you're talking about today, what's you've gone through today yeah. and all the stuff that I've gone through today. I'm like, mm. oh my gosh, I'm just keep on harping on these sufferings yeah. that I'm going through. And then I compare them. Well, I don't have it as bad as others. Right. Right. Which yeah. is, which that's is good, natural, which is natural. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I honestly, it, that's a really bad perception to have. Yeah. It absolutely. really is. It doesn't mean I'm still not suffering or I'm still not feeling something. But there's this glory. There's something better that's waiting. So we're doing this like waiting. We're like we're doing this. We're waiting for this glory that's yet been revealed to us. Yeah. And it's totally like shifted my my mindset and perception of, oh my gosh, everyone is suffering. Yeah. Like everyone is suffering. And then comparing them, that's not worth doing because yeah. it doesn't even make any sense because we're all just as alive and we're going through all this uh, all this sorrow of just being alive. But I'm st- we're, we have to be grateful for, for just being alive in general. Why am I here? You're asking those it, we cir- to circle back, why are we here? Yeah. And it makes a, uh, everything else that we do, all these things. That the first thing I want to say is like, oh, my gosh, so none of this stuff matters anymore. Mm. It gives it a new kind of this like new meaning. Yeah, I guess I, so I'm 25, right? Yeah, that's and what said. That's what I said. I'm 25. Yeah. Um, and I'm going, oh, my gosh. So I have like so much to learn. Right, I have so much to shutting up to do and so much listening to do, mm-hmm. and what way, what posture am I going to be in as I grow and as I live my life? And me and you, as we as we have businesses and we have, and more importantly, we have lives, yeah, right. you know, to go to to live. Um, we tell this story, and we're talking about uncoding and coding, you know, ourselves. Like, how can we live? You know, you're talking about uh, people try to live out their truth. Me and you and others. We uh, we have a choice to live out the truth. Right. It's very 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 plain to see, but things are just way more interesting to us in this world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're like our phones. What people think, the stars and the dots. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes dots are just way more important to us yeah. than this life that we call eternal. Right. You know, this glory that has yet been revealed to us. Gosh, you just want to come up higher. Sometimes you feel like the invitation of God just like come higher, like see see what I see, see clearly, and then like, not even just about identity, but just the <laughs> this little matter in the grand scale scale of things has the capacity to make stars and dots drop as well. Yes, yeah, so. yeah. But isn't it so just like painstakingly just like, ah, oh, like I'm trying to get it right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's it's not complicated, it's not an equation, it's, it, it's a, a simple choice to see. Yeah. Uh, and to ask and to knock. So, I, I mean, I have to do that every single day, recenter myself all day. And when we talk about gathering, like gatherings, team meetings, and right, uh, right. things like that, you know, it's, it's, it really is simple. You're, you're aware of your shortcomings, and, and that's, what about your team, though? Are they aware that you're aware? Yes. Or are they, yeah, are they, are you very transparent with your team? And is there, oh gosh, I don't want to go through this because it's a work question, but like, you're creating a culture 
you're creating your culture. And how often do you have meetings, first of all? Um, so we have meetings every other week. Okay. And then we have um, these newsletters, that these letters that I write every week. Tell me about these. I'm not going to ask this other question. Tell me about this. What? That. The letters? Yes. So, um, so the letters, uh, the letters are, uh, they're called family writings. I send it out to my team about my thoughts of what, what I'm thinking of and, and kind of my prayer for our team and what I've been seeing, kind of updates with people in the shop that we've kind of noted, that I've noticed might, um, like is customers, like customers, okay. um, uh, like, uh, if they're going through anything then we need to be thinking on that, you know, be kind of mindful when they, if they come in, when they come back and they do updates, you know, kind of updates around the shop, like what I information we want to be mindful of that mm-hmm. we can share and be on the same page. But just kind of my thoughts, what I've been noticing that I've seen that in, that's interesting, interesting me, encouragements for the team, what I've, how good that I've seen them, uh, the good that I've seen in them and honestly trying to un- uncode them to be them, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is who you are. You know, we were talking about Gideon in the Bible, I think mm-hmm. the other day, Gideon was hiding mm-hmm. um, when he was supposed to save Israel. Mm-hmm. And then the angel came to Gideon and he called him, you mighty knight of valor. Yeah, right. And, yeah, yeah. and, but he was hiding. Exactly. He was being a total exactly. baby. Yeah. I kind of hope for that in these writings that I can uh, say y'all are mighty knights of valor, mm-hmm. um, really no matter what. And so these, uh, I love writing. I love writing letters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get to, I get to send this letter to them and kind of tell them what I'm seeing and mm-hmm. kind of who, who we are, how we, uh, what our team is and what we're capable of. Mm-hmm. And then the updates, you know, we update so this information. And then I told them this today, tonight, you know, we we're talking kind of recap of 2020 vision for 2021 telling them where that there's a lot of changes that are going to be happening this mm-hmm. next year and i told them i'm going to be like mom i am i'm literally and this doesn't sound pretty cheesy but i remember <laughs> my mom would get home from school me and my three brothers we'd get home from school and then my mom would be like all right meeting and we'd have a meeting in the living room and she would have these totally new rules for how we did chores uh, our homework and you know if we had video games you know like how long we're gonna have to play video games and what we have to do to play the video games like new law uh, new laws of punishment stuff like that mm-hmm. and we could tell me and my brothers would just laugh at each other because we knew that she had hour-long phone call with one of her girlfriends about what she's doing with her kids <laughs> right, you know yeah. what I mean and yeah. they're like and she's just letting that out on us and those, the chore system would work for like a week yeah. and then it would totally fail. Yeah. And then we, she'd have to do something new and like she'd, you know, we'd get home from school again and, and I'm like, I'm going to be just like that. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I'm, I'm constantly learning and trying to do my due diligence of searching to uh, structurally make this team function better, uh, flow better, yeah. be more sustainable as far as not just stewardship of our space and the things we're touching, but our bodies and our souls and our spirits yeah. and things like that. And um, I just, as far as, our, I mean, our team meetings are, I mean, the most important thing we do. I mean, if we just, I mean, if we just blew at business, you know, yeah. but we had those team meetings, I'd be so happy. That's, that's so good. And I try um, for our business. And when I said earlier, I don't know how to have um, team meetings. It's because we have, we're, we're in the process of figuring out, figuring out what our culture is. And we have a front of the house culture and a back of the house culture yeah. almost. And both require efficiency. Um, people on the front side require more, cur- you know, conscientiousness and courtesy and 
uh, intentionality towards customers, and then on the back side, they require intentionality towards customers and the, the quality of the product yeah. and getting things out in a quick manner. Yeah. But but it, it creates some, it's almost created two different environments within one space that I'm like, how do we actually merge this culture? How do we, or not merge, how do we actually have an overarching culture in the midst of these two different environments in the space? And like, that makes me wonder, because that's, that's why I have trouble with, with certain meetings, because everything that you're talking about is resonating with me. And I was like, I just want to see that implemented in, in, our, in ours as well. Because the front of the house, we, we do the same thing. Like, hey, if so-and-so shows up today, remember that their, their dog died. Or whatever's going on, we might, verbal, we might communicate about it. But, man, I love, I love the letters. And I think even when you're long gone, like these letters of David Bazil, you're going to be kind of held on to and collected for a long time and be like this is the type of man that this person was and I know that that's not the reason that you're doing it but I think it's going to be a part of your like legacy on earth that's going to like impact generations to come but my point is that's not my point the point is it, it makes me think about the question in it of <laughs> employees like mm-hmm. you bring people onto your team or to join your family sometimes you just got to get stuff done like what do you and so we're like oh I got to plug this person in here I need this like desperation hires or anything like that and, and I, we, I know we have to wrap up here soon because we're closing in on a time limit but I'm trying to think about I don't know how to ask Dude, I know all question. the questions you're like formulating yeah, right now do you know what's going on yeah, in my yeah, head? Yeah. but but I don't know how to I don't know how to actually bring them together like how, how do you implement such a culture like what do you look for in employees and do they need to meet a certain criteria or yeah. value system for you to bring them onto your team or do you go ahead and down do you go ahead and say this is who we are this is our these are our values if you don't line up with these then this isn't the space for you not like in a in a um in a way that what's the word that i'm looking for in a way that discriminates against people and their mm. belief sets or anything like that but is there something that you like really look forward to that actually paves the way for them to be incorporated into this culture of life-givingness that you have? Or do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Is there something that you, like, I don't even know what the hiring process looks like for you and how does, I don't know. What do you pick? Do you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. There? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 so I'm not like, man, I've, I've had a lot of employees. <laughs> I've had a lot, but yeah, I've had some lot, people but, don't work out. But I know, no, I've yeah. I've had a lot of employees, and yeah. I've I've never had an employee that has worked for less than like I'm a year. Okay, you know, everyone wow. has been a, a, a more than a year. Um, wow. and wow. so, but I don't, I don't. It's weird. It, my situation is so weird because I'm st- I'm very transparent about I'm figuring this thing out right now, yeah. and I bring people on board to figure it out with me mm-hmm. you know i know that no matter what i'm not going to hire someone that's the perfect fit right, right. but i am gonna i i am hiring someone that the combination of all these people that i've hired um they've all been like hey can i work for you right yeah and um that's the common denominator of all these people and they have all worked out yeah. Is it because they see the way that you do things or they per- they they perceive that you They're drawn for do some reason. A certain, but a like, certain way or not. Yeah. But I mean like or I mean gosh, they have never I mean like I've never customers had customers or like customers, you know what I mean? Being like yeah, being yeah. like, Man, I like the way you do things yeah. and like I think this is I think this will fit and some people I'm like, you know, I'd be like, It will take your application or whatever, you know. But some people I'm like, Man, you're supposed to be here. Yeah. Really. Um, and that's kind of how I do it. It's kind of weird. It's kind of this weird waiting. I just I just wait on that person. Yeah. Because I can, with ours, it's kind of so weird, kind of how we can fit in shifts and how we can, how we can work out as a team. We can add 
we can add people in whenever we want, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it fits. But you just wait on that person. Mm-hmm. We, me and Austin, Austin um, is kind of the cafe manager. He, kind of, he runs the operations. Of If you get a drink, it's because he's there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he has done his job well. And so when we go about hiring, he helps me with the hiring process. And we talk and we pray and we talk about it. We talk about, dude, this person, they asked to work here. And I have a good feeling about him. Yeah. And so we talk. We, I mean, we literally, we, I mean, we like, I mean, it, we're like little girls. Like, what do you think about him? Like, do you think that we're going to, you know, we talk <laughs> that. But we really do. There's just a lot. A person is about to live life with us. Yeah. It's a really profound thing that a person is about to do work with us. Yeah. They're about to see us in one of the most vulnerable stages. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and I'm going like, to see you for who you truly are. Oh my gosh! The workspace will reveal you like oh my nothing gosh. else. And like marriage almost. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so and when it's it's the perception of what we hire people and how we hire them. We're like, yeah. all right, am am I ready? Am I equipped to take this person on and do life with them and add value to them? Mm-hmm. You know, when we hire someone, it's a huge deal. It's a massive deal. And I hi- and I say that to people when they apply. I'm like, our hiring process is a huge deal. Olivia knows. And like, it's a big deal. It really is. It's huge. Because mm-hmm. hopefully we can, and I was talking to Presley the other day, Presley Bourne. I don't know if you know her. Um, I called her that and asked her, I was like, hey, what's your, I need, I just needed to hear back from my past employees. I'm like, what is your favorite thing? What was your favorite thing about working at Sidetrack? Mm-hmm. You know, and she's team meetings. She yeah. said team meetings. It really is the most, is the biggest, is the biggest part mm-hmm. of, of my job. The people that I'm like, I'm, I'm working alongside that are closest to me. Yeah. Those are the people that I'm really, really, really responsible for. Yeah. It's the people on our, it's the people like the, I pray, I, I really do. I really pray that my hospitality, my service and my work starts in my home yeah. before it goes anywhere else, before it goes to my business, before it goes to when we're open. Yeah. I hope that my hospitality starts with my, my employees first. And I know that's a really, it's, it's kind of in business, that's a really um, generic kind of little system to have to care about your employees the most and benefits and stuff like that but again you know when i consult people about hiring people yeah. i'm like it's not about how the system works mm-hmm. it's about how where their hearts are and where yeah. the purpose is and where the value is being added yeah. and so when we do hire someone it's a super big deal yeah. it's such a big it's a huge celebration um that we're about to get Dude, do work so cool. and so um you know we hired bria we had a girl that we had brielle stein and she's this semester she has just spent spending time with us she hasn't even been on bar yet so she's getting to know us Mm -hmm. and we're getting to know her in that regard and she's helped out so much and next semester she'll finally be on bar but it's been this really good process it's not been like a hey you're hopping on the Mm -hmm. line like and then we'll figure out who each other are then because it's just like oh my gosh you know but i'm still figuring out dude are you (laughs) well well, here's here's kind of i think there's two things unless I lose my, my train of thought. Number one, I I think one of my shortcomings is and may is is my when you get a, hired on our team, if you let us, we will become family to you. Like we are inviting you into yeah, our family yes. to where we will do anything we can. We expect we expect yeah. a lot from you yeah. um, as an employee. But we Man, let we will take care of you if you let us take care of you. Yeah, and it's up to you, really. And yeah. my wife's hard to win over. Actually, she's the one. But when you win my wife over, there's nothing she will not do for you, right? Um, but one of the things that I I struggle with, and and I don't know if my employees will listen to this, and I hope they do, is it's like I I want to love them so well, but 
I get so sidetracked. <laughs> Sorry, that's no, it's that's okay. Not a great name. Uh, I've used it twice and not even on purpose, but kind of on purpose. Like I'm f- so focused on the customers because I want to, because they're out there. You know what? That is, I, that's actually having this conversation reveals something to me about myself because I tend to focus. I love what you, I love the value that you're saying because you're like it's about in house first, just like it should be for a husband or for a father. It's about taking care of my wife and my daughter and my family first and that needs to be healthy and then I'm really that's not being neglected and I'm strong enough to make sure that the people out there are also being taken care of that's a I have a tendency and I've always had a tendency to focus on people out there instead of in here and that's brought about troubles in my marriage um, where I felt like oh my call is to engage the community and, and God's like, your first call is to freaking engage your wife. <laughs> yeah. And, and I didn't. And the same thing uh, is such a great reminder for me today is because I, I have a tendency to focus so much on my customers and their their uh, state of mind and their conditions. And I want to love them so yeah. well that I actually end up neglecting my um, because I think that they can come to me anytime they want to. That therefore I'm going to focus on the customers, but I think I think this reminds me that I really and this has been a common theme recently and a reminder from God is like I you need to focus more on your people and make sure that they're taken care of and they're healthy and they're 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 just they're just well and that peace is on them mm-hmm. right so that's one thing and I think the second thing is um, so thank you for that thank you for that reminder and then we'll, we'll end after this but the second thing is your hiring process and mine are are. are are I think similar, but di- like I, people come in here and say, I really see, I see what you're doing here. It looks like a positive place to work. I want to work here for you. Mm-hmm. And if they are a customer who comes in all the time and I have a relationship with them, I'm like, I do not want you to work here because I don't want, I, I say that right off the bat. Yeah. I, I, I know, I know exactly. Yeah. That is yeah. a process. Cause yeah. I'm like, I like you too much for this relationship to be screwed up yeah. because we have, I've hired somebody that was a great customer in here and really unfortunately did not show themselves to be a great employee. And it really created tension. Maybe not to them. They might not have known it, but for me internally, I was battling this the whole time because I felt like they were bringing the team down and I felt like they, they were uh, not mm. really positioning this. They, they didn't line up with our values of being unselfish and, and s- being servant-hearted kind of, right? And so well, there's this one girl we just hired. Her name's Bella, and she's a great girl. Um, but I told her, she's been wanting to work as for us for like I don't know, months and months and months. Yeah, and yeah. I told her, I was like, no, I'm just not going to hire you. I like you way too much for you to come here. And for their pot, she's like, look. Don't let one person screw this up for you. I'm going to come here and work harder than anybody. I'm actually going to prove myself, you know, worthwhile to you and and, and all that kind of stuff, yeah. And which gives gives me hope. So I did hire her, and she worked one day, and I was like, that's great, good. So okay, she'll continue, <laughs> but she won't come to pick up till next time. So um, where I have, I really like, I'm learning so much from you from this conversation um, that I'm going to be able to go back and, and think on and contemplate on and digest. I wish I could dive into your journal and like know this. what that looked like, but I can't because we got to end it. But just this one, this one episode with you doesn't have to be just one episode. I, I really know that you're going to be a return guest at some point in the future um, because this was just too too good and too golden for us. But I'm going to go home and I'm really going to think about and pray on the things that you talked about because I not only I gleaned a lot from you, a young 25 year old man, 13 years my my younger. How do you say that? My Whatever. No, I know what you're trying, you know what I'm trying but to I'm say. getting just as mixed up with you, and but I don't you, know the but, answer. But you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean, right? Like I've I've learned I've learned so much, and so much is so applicable to my life. Hopefully, people will be able to to glean as much from this 
as I did. And so, David, I thank you so much. Where can people find you? Where can people find Sidetrack? How can we, how can we go and frequent your place or just give us some info real quick? My favorite thing recently is emailing. I've been getting really good at it. <laughs> um, and uh, you can go to, um, you can email me at david at sidetrackcoffee.co. And we can start from there. Okay. <laughs> to, to personally connect. To personally connect. Or connect. you can just come to the cafe in downtown Oblaga. And you want and you want to go to the cafe. You'll you will be seen. You will feel valued. You'll feel loved. And you know what's so interesting to me uh, as we wrap this up is it, people say location, like real estate matters, and you are in a very inconvenient place for a lot of college students <laughs> and you're the one place that people will drive thirty minutes to just to go and sit in your shop and feel the energy permeating, you know, or I don't know if permeates the word, radiating off the walls and, and off the people. And, and it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. You've got something very meaningful to steward and, and I'm here for you and I'll be praying for you. And I'm just, I'm just glad to be, uh, just glad to be somebody I can walk through those two doors. So David, thank you for having us. Lord, thank you for letting me. Thank have you for having so us. David. <laughs> <laughs> so David, thank you for letting me uh, have you. So David, so David, thank you for coming, and uh, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Y'all check him out at Sidetrack. <laughs>